Chapter 8, Part 1 of Sin and Its Consequences by Henry Edward Manning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 8 The Joys of the Resurrection. Part 1 Jesus said unto her, Mary, she saith unto him, Rabboni, that is to say, Master. John chapter 20 verse 16 it was very early in the morning while it was yet dark that mary magdalene and the other women came to the garden and they found the stone rolled away from the mouth of the sepulchre mary magdalene ran and told peter and the disciple whom jesus loved saying they have taken away the lord out of the sepulchre and we know not where they have laid him Peter and John ran to the garden. John outran Peter, and came first to the sepulchre, and stooping down looked in. But Peter followed, came, and went into the sepulchre, and saw the linen clothes lying. Then they returned to their home, but Mary Magdalene lingered. She had no home but the sepulchre of Jesus. It was empty, but she would not go away. She stood without, weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre, and saw two angels in white, the one sitting at the head, and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Jesus stood behind her, and said to her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And she, turning and seeing him, but believing that he was the gardener, saith, They have taken my Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Sir, if thou hast taken him away, tell me where I may find him, that I may take him away. And Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She saith unto him, Rabboni, that is to say, Master. She had lingered out of love, and compunction she knew that she had pierced her lord by her sins and for her sins and she stood weeping at the sepulchre and her lingering was rewarded she was rewarded with the vision of angels she was rewarded with the vision of jesus himself now dear brethren we have here revealed to us the law and the order of the joy and consolation of the kingdom of god they that suffer and sorrow most shall be the most consoled and fullest of joy in his kingdom he who suffered most and sorrowed most was the man of sorrows who for our sakes was crucified he said before his agony my soul is sorrowful even unto death. Matthew chapter 26, verse 38. The deified soul of Jesus, a soul like ours, because he was man, a soul unlike ours, because it was deified by union with the Godhead, had a capacity for sorrow that no other human heart could ever know. As the sorrows of the Son of God incarnate were the greatest that Son of Man ever tasted, so in a measure according to the capacity of his heart for sorrow was the capacity of his sacred heart for joy. In the hour of his resurrection 
he was filled with the joy of his kingdom and rejoiced over his accomplished work over the redemption of the world over the sevenfold shedding of his precious blood over the remission of our sins over the vision of grace and the multitude of his elect who should be saved eternally jesus in that hour rejoiced with a heart filled with a divine joy which we may adore but cannot comprehend next after his was the joy of his immaculate mother the mother of seven sorrows and as each sorrow was sevenfold so was her joy likewise a sevenfold joy though dear brethren we do not read it in the text of the holy gospels for many things are not written which jesus did the which if they should all be written the world itself would not contain the books the church has believed always by the light and intuition of faith that the first to whom he manifested himself in the glory of his resurrection was his blessed and sinless mother who next to the man of sorrows suffered more deeply and more sharply than any human heart and next after the mother of god to whom did he show himself in his joy was it to peter whom he had made the rock of his imperishable church was it to john who had lain upon his bosom at supper it was to mary magdalene out of whom he had cast seven devils from whose soul he had washed away in the precious blood sin sevenfold red as scarlet beyond all number to her because she had loved much and because out of her great love she sorrowed much and because next after the mother of god herself her sorrows were the greatest he first showed himself in the glory of his resurrection he came and stood behind her while she was weeping at the sepulchre and while she did not recognize him he called her by her name he called her by the name so familiar he said unto her mary and the accent of his well-known voice revealed to her who it was she answered him as she was wont to answer rabboni that is to say master and after her next he manifested himself to peter the unstable faithless friend who had three times denied him and after peter to his disciples faithful fearful souls true to him still though their hearts could not endure the perils of his crucifixion here then we have laid open to us a great law of the kingdom of god namely that the joy of the resurrection is measured out according to the sorrow of our penitence according to the sorrow that we have endured here in the body in the mind and in the soul as we have tasted of his cross and of his desolation so in the kingdom of the resurrection we shall taste of his glory and of his joy and these forty days on which we have just entered are as it were the type and the shadow and the foretaste and the beginning of this eternal joy 
those forty days when jesus was always near them but not always seen always as it were ready to manifest himself and yet still hiding himself those days in which they first knew the fullness of his godhead were indeed days of surpassing joy as of heaven upon earth and yet not heavenly alone but earthly too that is he came down to them in their sorrows and their humiliations he did not ascend at once to the throne of his glory but as by the incarnation he had humbled himself to be made man and to enter within the sphere of our sympathies so in those forty days when he had revealed his godhead he came to tarry in the midst of them to speak with them to eat and drink with them to suffer them to touch him if he forbade mary magdalene in the first moment of her joy yet he suffered thomas to handle the wounds of his hands and side and therefore those forty days bring before us both the joys of faith and the joys of vision by the resurrection of our lord the fountains of the great deep of the joy in heaven were broken up and the whole church according to the prophecy was inundated by the river which makes glad the city of god the church of god is inundated to this day by this torrent of sweetness notwithstanding the warfare of the church upon earth notwithstanding the bitter and relentless persecutions of the world notwithstanding the cross which we must all bear one by one if we are true disciples of our master nevertheless there is a joy which he has given and no man can take from us a joy so inward so deep so expanding so multiplying as life goes on that it is a foretaste of our eternal joy number one first there are the joys of faith in what do they consist in the same in which the joy of the disciples consisted in the forty days that is in the presence of jesus he ascended to his father but he is with us still to go to his father is not to be absent from us it is indeed to be out of sight but he is always near and therefore the apostle said to the christians at philippi rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice let your modesty your moderation be known unto all men philippians chapter four verse four that is your self-control your self-command your christian dignity for the lord is nigh you are always in his presence he is indeed at the right hand of the father according to the natural mode of his existence but he showed himself to stephen in the moment of his martyrdom he showed himself to saul on the way to damascus he stood by him in his answer before the imperial tribunal in rome he has manifested himself to saints again and again he is with us always and he will come again we know that he will be seen once more upon earth and between his first appearance and his last though withdrawn from our ordinary sight 
he is still near to us. We know that we are in his presence, and the joy of his presence is our joy. But there is another presence, perpetual, universal, intimate, veiled indeed, but real and personal, always upon the altar. Wheresoever the Holy Catholic Church is, there is Jesus, reigning in the mystery of the Blessed Sacrament, always near to us. And our union with him is a union so intimate that the mind cannot define it. The heart alone, illuminated by faith, can know by consciousness that which the intellect cannot comprehend. But not only is his presence the source of our joy, but also our loosing from sin and death, which is now at this moment true and real, and if we be faithful, shall be eternal. We know that the sacrament of holy baptism was instituted by our divine Savior to raise the soul by a spiritual resurrection from the death of original sin. It is a matter of revelation, and therefore a matter of faith, and of the divine certainty of faith, that those who are baptized are born again, made children of God, receive the gift of supernatural life, are loosed from the bond of original sin, and therefore from the doom of eternal death. Dear brethren, this has passed upon you all. You were every one of you baptized in the unconsciousness of infancy, while as yet your will had never varied or opposed itself to the will of our Redeemer. You received the grace of your regeneration. You were loosed from sin and death. If you have fallen under its dominion again, if you have willfully become sinful, you have indeed been again condemned to die, but if you have preserved the grace of your baptism, you are now loosed from sin and death. The power of the resurrection is upon you. If since your baptism you have fallen again into mortal sin, and so have died once more, there is another sacrament instituted in the precious blood, the sacrament of penance. And it is a matter of divine revelation and of divine faith that all who with true contrition receive the absolution of that sacrament are once more loosed from all their actual sins and therefore from eternal death here then is the first source of our joy why then is it we do not rejoice because our hearts are cold and our faith is dim these great realities are like the presence of God round about us, in the midst of which we walk to and fro every day unconsciously. And once more, if we have faith, and if we lay to heart the truths that I have tried to speak, then we have the consciousness in us of a risen life. As there is a soul which quickens the body, so there is a supernatural life which quickens the soul. And we know that as we have the powers of the body, so that we have the powers of the soul. And as thought, 
and intelligence and motion descend from the head of the body into all our members so the life that we now live we live in virtue of our union with our divine head in heaven this is what the apostle declares when he says there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in christ jesus who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit the law of the spirit of life in christ jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death romans chapter eight verse one the spirit of the resurrection and the risen life of our divine head are in every one of us if we are not under the power of mortal sin and we have this countersign that if we are become new creatures the old things are passed away all things have become new that is to say our old character our old mind our old habits our old loves our old hates our old thoughts our old sins are stripped from us like a leprous garment there they are our grave clothes cast away there they are before us still a vision of sin and death reminding us of what we were once but they are ourselves no longer the spirit of life in us has sloughed them off like the corrupt flesh of the leper the winding-sheet and the bands of mortality in which we were when we were bound in sin have been loosened and taken off the old character is gone if we are disciples of jesus christ a new mind new loves new hatreds new fears new hopes new aspirations new affections new desires have sprung up in us if any man be in christ jesus he is a new creature and in a new creation a change has passed upon him so great that he may feel day after day the words of our divine lord fulfilled in him in that day ye shall know that i am in my father and you in me and i in you john chapter fourteen verse twenty number two in this we see an outline of the joys of faith but we cannot longer dwell on them for there are greater things than these if these be the joys of faith what are the joys of vision what the ripeness of summer is after the bitter piercing cold and death of winter such is the vision of god when the vision of faith shall melt into the glory of his kingdom the same truths the same realities the same persons the same relations which are here will be there and will be eternal like as when the snow melts away before the returning sun the forms of nature the very same as they were before they were buried reappear so shall it be in the vision of glory this is the office and work of the holy ghost say the last words of your baptismal creed i believe in the holy ghost in the holy catholic church the church is his creation one because he is one 
holy because he is holy infallible because he is the light of truth and in the communion of saints which is the ripe fruit gathered from the church on earth into the garners of the kingdom and in the forgiveness of sins in baptism in penance in contrition and in the resurrection of the body which shall be raised by the holy ghost from the dust and knit together once more in its perfect glory and in life everlasting which is the indwelling of the holy ghost in the souls of the blessed this then is the joy of vision and what will be the first object of our sight our divine lord has said i am the door by which if any man shall enter in he shall be saved and he shall go in and go out and shall find pasture john chapter ten verse nine that is the pastures of eternal life the presence of the sacred humanity of jesus the vision of our divine master in the glory of his kingdom is the fulfillment of the promise and the prophecy his eyes shall behold the king in his beauty in the land that is far off isaiah chapter thirty three verse seventeen and what is the beauty of the son of god the beauty of god himself he is the brightness of his father's glory the image of his substance and god himself is beauty that divine beauty was clothed in the human beauty the first adam was beautiful for he was made unto the likeness and image of god who is beauty itself and he was made to the likeness and image of the second adam that is the word incarnate and the very person of jesus christ is as the word of god says the fairest among the children of men psalm forty four verse three but this outward beauty what is it compared with the inward beauty with the love and the pity and the compassion and the mercy and the purity and the sanctity of the sacred heart we shall see the countenance of the friend who has loved us sorrowed for us died for us the countenance of the son of god fixed upon each one of us the eyes of our redeemer looking upon us personally one by one his voice speaking to us as he spoke to mary at the sepulchre calling us each one by name knowing each one of us in all the intimate consciousness of our personality this is the beginning of the joy and next the consciousness that through the whole realm of his kingdom there is but one will holy supreme and sovereign and that his will pervades our whole being so that there is not a beat in the pulse nor a motion of our whole spiritual nature that is not in perfect harmony with his and that the same will pervades all that are about him in all the heavenly court all the holy angels all the companies of the blessed thereby creating one joy in all and a mutual joy so that the joy of all is the joy of each 
we all shall have a perfect consciousness of our past in this world a perfect personal identity the same there as we were here sin only excepted a perfect recognition of each other a perfect interchange of intuition and of mutual intelligence of all that is in the soul of each other's bliss and joy the greatest in the kingdom of god because their capacity is greater shall have a greater joy in the glory of the least and the least because their charity is perfect will rejoice with a greater joy in the glory of those that are higher in bliss than they add to this that which would make even this earth blissful if for one moment the conflicts the hatreds the contentions the jealousies the warfares the jangling the discords of this world could be suspended if for one day from sunrise to sunset sin could cease even this world would be blissful in that world there shall be rest eternal rest that is no temptation warfare or cross rest within heart mind soul thought affection will all in perfect harmony with the perfect will of jesus and that which you perhaps will little realize when i say it rest from toil rest from labor rest from eating bread in the sweat of your face that which the multitudes and the millions of christendom in all lands and all languages have for their earthly lot the poor laborer the tiller of the ground those who wring hard sustenance out of the hard earth who live lives of cold and pain and disease and privation in homes that are bare with hungry children with those that are dearest to them languishing and fading for want of the food which their toil cannot supply this is an earthly burden of which you who hear me perhaps know little but in heaven they shall hunger no more they shall thirst no more neither shall the sun light upon them nor any heat but the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall rule over them and shall lead them by the fountains of the waters of life and god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes apocalypse chapter seven verse sixteen and once more there shall be the joy of conscious eternal health you have known perhaps in yourselves what pain and sickness is what it is to languish long upon a bed of suffering you remember the first day when you rose up again and went out into the free air and into the light of the sun when you felt that health had come back and strength had returned to you and that vigor was once more in your limbs what then shall be the eternal health of the kingdom of god when there shall be no more death no more disease no more wasting of the poor body no more crippled limbs no more blind eyes no more ears without hearing no more distorted members no more distracted minds no more unsound brain or wandering intelligence or blankness of idiocy 
these things shall be gone forever for with the resurrection of the body they shall be healed eternally and the soul made perfect after the image of jesus shall be clothed in a glorified body like his own and there is no more death there will be no more change if in this world we had all the desires of our hearts they could not last forever and if they could last forever they could not satisfy our hearts but in the kingdom of god there shall be no more change to all eternity there shall be no yesterday and there shall be no tomorrow and there shall be no sunset it shall be one eternal day now ever present the noon of overpassing bliss the happiness of life the happiness of home the happiness of your past where is it you have to look back for it it is gone or it is going transient and fleeting and in a little while it will be no longer but in the kingdom of god that life ever new of body of mind of soul of home of happiness of perfect identity of mutual recognition of restored bonds of love perfected and transfigured in the kingdom of the resurrection shall all be changeless and eternal end of chapter eight part one